we had a childhood game that we used to play. If that was invented in modern times, what would it say? Here is our updated version. One plus one Instagram. Two plus two banana queue. Three plus three Jollibee. Four plus four equals four. Five plus five black subscribe. Six plus six Netflix. Seven plus seven TikTok trend. Eight plus eight Tinder date. Nine plus nine sees that's mine. Ten plus ten equals iPhone thirteen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Banana Cube Podcast. While brainstorming about what topic to discuss, we realized that the Winter Olympics was on. So maybe we could do something about that. But while talking about sports, we somehow ended down a different path. <laughs> Instead of sports, we were talking a lot about childhood games. And we realized what we really want to talk about is... Jang, 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 if Squid Game was set in the Philippines, what would the games be? Yeah, but before we delve into those games, let me first just explain what Squid Game is, you know, just in case you do not know what that is. It was a very popular Korean series on Netflix last year, and the series revolves around a contest for 456 players, all of whom are in deep financial debt, risk their lives to play a series of deadly children's games for the chance to win 45.6 billion Korean won. Mm. Now, if you haven't watched this yet and you intend to, fair warning, this episode will have spoilers, so maybe you will want to come back to this only after you have seen it. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yes. But I think if you've seen the episode, then you will enjoy this because you know the context, right? Let's bust right into it. The first game in Squid Game was called Red light, green light, woo. Just like your traffic light, right? Yep. So the mechanics is there's a predetermined area uh, that's set. And while one player, usually the leader, stands in one end with his back turned to the rest of the group, then all the others can move. Mm. The lone player chants, red light, green light, one, two, three, <laughs> and everyone can move. Now, when they get to three, however, everyone has to freeze. If anyone is caught moving, they're out. Now, in the movie, anyone caught moving was dead. Yeah, they would <laughs> they were, literally kill them. They would, they would shoot them with a rifle. Now, in most cases, the ultimate goal of this game is to get past the leader when their back is turned. In others, you have to touch the tree in which the leader is leaning without being caught moving. Mm. Oh. Interesting game. Now, if this were in the Philippines, what game would that be? <laughs> and we thought an equivalent to this game would be Statue Dance. Have you played Statue Dance before, D? Yeah, of course. So Statue Dance is a popular, I would say, parlor game, especially during parties, right? Mm. So the mechanics is a dance music is played, so everybody dances. Like People are encouraged to show their best moves whether it be breakdancing, <laughs> robotic dance, whatever it is, show your best moves, right? Mm. And then at random, the music is stopped suddenly, and so you have to freeze as well, mm. like a statue. So it's similar to red light, green light, that something triggers that people would freeze. 
and not move. Mm -hmm. And if you move just a little bit, then you're out of the game. Mm -hmm. And the last person standing is the winner. And usually, right, it's quite tough to judge because people really are competitive, right? So they would use dance moves that are not so complicated so that it's easy for them to stop or to freeze. Like maybe like old man dance. <laughs> old man dance, okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like just swaying your hips and that's it. But then people would boo you, right? Oh, no, show me more moves. Like maybe <laughs> break dance or something complicated. Mm. So that people would see you really enjoying the game and not trying to be smart about it. And if really two people are left and then it's taking a lot of time, then maybe whoever dances the best will win the game. <laughs> Is that how it sometimes ends? Okay, I see. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, but... Yeah. Statue dance, I seem to remember some other dance, the newspaper dance. That's different, right? But is, is the mechanics yeah. similar? No, that's different. It's similar in a sense that once the music stops, you will step onto the paper. Oh, yeah. And okay, okay. Got as it. the game progresses, the paper is cut in half. Mm. Like It becomes smaller and smaller until you will be standing in one leg <laughs> oh, yeah. or maybe on your toes. or It becomes mm. complicated and you, you have to freeze, right? Yes. <laughs> But I think that one, it's fine to move a bit. And like in the statue dance, you just have mm. to be really still. And I guess yeah. the newspaper dance, some of them are, I think it's by pairs. So like sometimes you have to carry your partner, ah, that yes, sort of yes. thing, right? <laughs> there has to be no part of your body that would touch the ground. Mm. You have to use the paper as if the floor is lava. Yes. <laughs> That's a totally different game. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if a certain part of you touches the ground, then you're out. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's different. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it got merged in my head, got a bit confused there. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think that we have this exact red light, green light game in the Philippines, right? No, I don't think so. But in the movie, right? I know it's a child's game, but in the Squid Game movie itself or in the series... It's sinister, right? Because you get killed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you move. So it's hard for me to imagine it. it's patterned after a kid's game. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously in the kid's game, you're just out. They're not going to kill you. All right, so round two of Squid Game in the show is one of the hardest games in Squid Game, I think. It's called mm. Sugar Honeycomb. So it's frustrating for players because you cannot rely on strength, manipulation, or taking advantage of other players. So the key to making past round two is patience. In this game, each player gets a circular tin that can be opened up to reveal a sugar honeycomb with one of four different shapes modeled into it. A circle, a triangle, a star, or an umbrella. Armed with nothing but a needle, the players have to carve out the shapes without breaking their design. So if the shape doesn't come out whole, then the player is killed. might sound simple, but it's not, right? Especially if it's the shape of an umbrella. But the problem is that the sugar honeycomb is extremely fragile, so it can break in pieces if you're not careful. Yes. Uh, luckily, the guy who ended up getting the umbrella, he realized that he could lick <laughs> its food, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's how yes. he managed to do it. So I don't think we had games that involved food or needles in the Philippines that I remember. Mm, so for no. this round, I will choose Sipa. <laughs> if only mm. because it's a solo game that relies solely on your own skill in order for you to win, mm. right? Now, Sipa is actually a Tagalog word which means kick, 
but the object used to play the game is also called asipa. <laughs> it is made of a washer mm. with colorful threads, usually plastic straw attached to it. The sipa is thrown upwards with the player's foot. The player must not allow the sipa to touch the ground by hitting it several times with their foot or just above the knee. The player must count the number of times they kick the sipa, and usually the one with most kicks wins the game. But if this was the game being played in the Philippine Squid Game or PSG for short, I would modify <laughs> this such that it would be timed. Right, for example, one minute, and they had to continuously hit the sipa with their foot and not allow it to touch the ground for that whole time. And then the moment the sipa drops to the ground, then they would be shot. I think that's how mm. what I would modify it for the <laughs> PSG <laughs> Philippine Squid Game. Yes, but where you good at sipa? I was not. I I, I would have died <laughs> after one. Or... So there are many ways you can play sipa. Right, you can either use your foot and leg. Or you can use your elbow as well. So there, there are moments that I'm very good with using my foot, mm. uh, especially when I'm wearing my steel toe boots. Because obviously there's bigger volume, right? <laughs> so it's easier for you to to, to hit the sipa. Mm. But then the problem one time I encountered was when I was hitting the sipa. So in the final hit, you usually like hit it very far away. Yeah, but why again? I can't remember. Can you remind me? Because if you hit it, with less force, then your opponent could steal the sipa. Oh, okay, okay, got it. So before it hits the ground, then your opponent can <laughs> can use his elbow or leg. Then then that means you know he can steal you, it. You away need to from constantly you. keep it. Yeah, ah, yeah. Okay. So the point will go to him. So what I did was I hit it so hard that my shoe actually went away. <laughs> it flew. Your shoe flew away. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then I think it got. In a germilina tree. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't remember how I got it. Maybe we used a bamboo to kind of. Oh yeah, sungkit, right? Is it what out. it's called. No, to sungkit it. <laughs> but it was so embarrassing. Right? Yes. <laughs> I was looking for a bamboo uh, with my shoe. <laughs> and good thing I happened to have uh, very good socks on that day. Otherwise, that would have been even more embarrassing. Looking, like, ooh, how come you have holes in your socks? <laughs> Then the next game in the Squid Game series was the Tug of War. Now, the Tug of War challenges each group of players into using all of their strength and the best of their skills to make the other group fall to their death. There's only one rule. Pulling on a thick rope to make the opposing team fall past the center mark. Mm. Now, in order to make that happen, anything goes. Psyching out the adversary group pulling with all your strength and any other techniques that you can think of. The old man had this technique there, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. What was that technique? So first, you hold the rope and then bend backwards, steady. Yeah, you're kind of like, like lying backwards. how many seconds? Backwards. I forgot how many. I can't remember. Yeah, also. lie backwards. So it was more of a psychological warfare, right? Mm. So for, the, for Tatang or the old man, <laughs> okay. he thinks that if you do that, then no matter how hard the opponent pulls you, you won't budge. And then psychologically, they would think, hey, how come they're very strong? Mm. And then they would begin to question themselves. Are they really a stronger team than we are? And all that. And then in a coordinated effort, somebody or the leader would say, now. And then, you know, you begin pulling, pulling, pulling. And then now with your enemy's morale is destroyed, then... Ooh, they would they would slowly but surely slip away into the center. 
there's also another technique, right? The, the old man was like telling them that you should stand in alternates. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. The first person left, then the other person should be on the right side of the rope so that it's equal. Yeah, but I think in the end, that, did, that didn't really work, right? Like they had to change strategies. Ah, yeah, I remember. Because the opposing team was significantly stronger than they are. So the initial technique was not working well. So they were kind of slowly moving towards the center. And then the protagonist of the story kind of thought that, why don't we move forward a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that the opposing team would, would slip because they are pulling with all their mm-hmm, force, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, the resistance is gone. Yes. So they would slip. And then they did. So some a few slipped. And so it was easier for them to pull. And that's how... They won that round. Oh, that was a very interesting game indeed. I think that was one of the best for me. Like, yeah, best games in the in the series. It's thrilling, right? And you know, you're like mm. at the edge of your seat. Like, is this gonna work? You know, yeah. yeah. And and their team was the underdog. I kind of like those stories, like the underdog winning. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, anyways. Well, first of all, tug of war is a common game, right? Like it's present in the Philippines as well. Mm-hmm. Usually played like at the beach. Like when you're in the summer, you're in the beach. Then, yeah, team you know, building activities a, and stuff. Yes. Now, if we were to look for a traditional Filipino game, it, I can't really think of another game that's similar to Tug of War except for Chinese Garter. Oh, yeah. It's a game called Chinese Why? Garter. It's How? one of those things that <laughs> we always call, mm? like we, we, we attach a country to a something, but we're not particularly sure why. Did this game come from China? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Just like Lumpiang Shanghai, right? <laughs> we were we were telling this Chinese friend that, hey, mm. this is a Filipino dish. It's called Lumpiang Shanghai. I'm like, huh? <laughs> but I've never seen that. I'm from Shanghai. I've never seen that. <laughs> why, <laughs> why is it called Lumpiang Shanghai? Well, anyways, Chinese garter. So, yeah, what does it have in it's, common? It's similar to tug of war because it has sort of a, a rope, but it's not <laughs> really a rope. It's like an elastic rubber thing. It's like a garter, mm. like usually a few meters long that you can buy from a Filipino sari sari store. So a Chinese garter from a Filipino sari sari store sounds legit. Now this is a popular game, especially for young girls. Mm, yes. And it requires sort of flexibility and a lot of coordination. So what's the mechanics? So usually, two people will hold both ends of a stretch garter horizontally, mm-hmm. right? While the others attempt to cross over the garter. They have to jump over it without getting tripped uh, on the garter. Now, with each round, the garter's height is made higher than the previous round. Mm. So... The game starts with ankle level, which is ridiculous. Like, why, <laughs> it's very easy. why would you trip on a garter? <laughs> what if you're on very ankle unlucky? Level? Well, that's easy. <laughs> okay. Then next would be knee, then waist, then shoulder, then head, and then usually one dunkal. Yes. <laughs> above head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then when when the higher you go, no, mm. let's start at the bottom, right? I think at the bottom, maybe mm. until even at the waist. Depends really on how mm. you play, right? You are not allowed to to touch the garter. So that means if you yeah. jump over it, it shouldn't move. But obviously, if it reaches a certain, like on the armpit, 
that's impossible. <laughs> like, what do you? How do you even do that? So for that, it's already okay. And then when it reaches mm-hmm. um on the head or above the head, it's really difficult to mm. jump. So you can even do cartwheels. I used to do that yes. <laughs> when I was younger. Wow. I could do cartwheels. Now I cannot do them anymore. I tried. Nope. Don't know how to do it anymore. <laughs> and for for girls before, you would wear uh, sayal or. Uh, skirts, right? Yeah, but we had shorts under them usually ah, because okay. we would play games. I mean, no, but that means your skirt would kind of get caught with a garter, right? Oh uh, yeah, and you have to do, to do some, you know, wrap it around or your, you know, you hold it. That sort of thing. There's all these complicated, <laughs> whatever mm. moves. But yeah, I think if you do cartwheel, it's probably okay because it will flip upside down anyway. Yeah, that's true. You just need to uh, because the leg will. Latch onto the garter, yes, right? Not yeah. necessarily your waist level. Yes. But what if you can't do cartwheel? How else would you? Then you have cross? to be really good at because you just need to extend your leg. So that means you mm. have to be a high jumper, right? Like you could do mm. a sincha luster kick or something. That you could reach. You <laughs> 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 like her with your foot. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, or that special technique used by Chun Li, right? Where he flips upside down and then he uses her legs to kind of become a helicopter. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I did that. I can't remember. But I, yeah, I remember Chinese garter was very popular for guest girls when I was um, mm. a little girl. And that's what we always used to play. Like, I remember one of my classmates got into an accident because of that. Because she was, while she was jumping, somebody mm. ran across. And then they collided with each other. And then she lost... Uh, I mean, she broke her tooth. So it's Ooh. not really... <laughs> oh, but, but but for kids, that will regrow, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It did. Yeah. It's part of the experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's your battle scar. Yeah, I suppose you're Chinese right. Garter. Yes. And I think there's variations of it also. Yeah, it's just one garter you can stretch. There's another one where you loop two of them. And mm. then you like... What they call this? You jump from one garter to another, like 10, 20, oh, 30, yeah. 40, 50, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And you, you, it's usually in a tempo, right? Yeah. Right. And it needs to this be one, you jump one. with both your legs at the same time, right? So you jump from one and then both legs to the other and then to the, And then it goes higher and mm. higher. But I think that one, it only can reach until the waist because it makes... You cannot... <laughs> <laughs> from such a high. Yeah, there are variations of that game. And another variation of that is you don't use the garter at all, but you use your fingers, the Luxong Tinik. That one is you use your hands. I haven't seen that. Yeah, so Luxong Tinik, how it works is two people facing each other would like reach out their hands. Mm. I reach out my hand to the other person mm. so that our hands touch. And then that serves mm. as the garter, basically, that the person needs to jump over. Ah. So it's first just low, one hand, two hands. And then I guess you just do put it on top of each other and until it reaches, I don't know. I but see. I think that one would be a very short game. I don't think we play that so much. <laughs> if you really want to play a Chinese garter game, but you don't have a Chinese garter, then... Yeah, maybe that that's why that be. existed, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to the store, Manang, Manang, do you have Chinese garter? No, we ran out. Okay, then Luxung Tunik it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in round four, each player is asked to choose a partner, and each mm. pair is given a bag containing 10 marbles. 
The goal is to win every marble your opponent has, but as they quickly figure out that between themselves and the person they chose to pair up with, one of them will die. So this was like mm. the, probably the most emotional episode yeah. in the whole series, right? Because in the previous games, you choose the people who are your teammates. So yeah. they assume that it's the same thing, right? Like, I will choose you because we're best friends. You're going to win against these other people, not knowing that actually you're going to end up killing that person you chose. Yeah. So that was very emotional. Some people, when they realized that that was going to happen, they deliberately lost or they refused to play the game like those two girls, right? Whereas there, this other mm. guy was very mean. Remember that he deliberately tricked ah, yeah. the Indian guy. The Indian guy actually oh, won, but the then he guy. tricked him. The problem was the Indian guy was too trusting because he thought they mm. were friends, but... Yeah, the mm. other guy was just playing to win. Yeah. So the the guy swapped pebbles. With the marbles, um, yes. For, with the marbles. And then he gave the pebbles to the Indian guy, thinking he might think that these are our marbles. Yeah. So why don't you hold our marbles and then while I look for potential opponents? But then time ran out. Then who, how come the other guy did not come back? Yeah. And then when he checked, it was all pebbles. Yeah, and no then marbles. he was killed. That was very mm-hmm. sad. And there was a husband and a wife as well. That was that very sad, wasn't it? Yeah. The wife was killed, right? Wasn't it? I forgot. I already that also detail, forgot. But that was yeah, that was a traumatic scene. Yes, I think it's the scene that most people really mention as the most emotional scene of the season. Mm. You know, they cried and all that. Like, I think for me, the one that really got me was the girls, the two girls, right? Ah. Mm. They didn't want to play because they were both young girls and they probably like, you know, they saw in each other some similarity. And then they were talking about, oh, after this, we're going to go vacation somewhere or whatever, right? And then, mm. yeah, in the end, the other girl actually tricked the other girl, but but the opposite way that the other guy did, right? He tricked her into mm. winning, something like that, because she yeah. felt that the other girl had something to live for while she didn't. Anyway, in yeah. PSG, <laughs> we also <laughs> also do have marbles in the Philippines, but the Tagalog word is holin. It is derived <laughs> from the phrase hole in. So what the players do is they hold the ball called holin or the marbles in their hand. And they throw it to hit another player's ball out of the playing area. So it's like a hole. The players aim at group marbles inside the circle and flick the marbles from their fingers. And anything they hit out of the circle is theirs. And whoever obtains the most marbles wins the game. So in this scenario, mm. since it's two people playing, then I guess it, it would be similar. That means you just need to mm. be able to get all those marbles out Right? That's right. Or if not, you can get all, maybe the one who gets the most marbles out. In the Squid Game, there were a lot of marble games, and it was up to them what kind of marble game they would play, right? But I think in the Philippines, mm. there was just one marble game, right? Do you remember anything else? Yeah. I think you mentioned pool. Is pool played with marbles? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's this version of a billiard. So, billiard is quite expensive in the Philippines, right? Because you have to have a special table and then the the cue balls as well uh, and the stick are expensive to acquire but instead you can use marbles as cue balls and then you use like a very small 
we call it pool table. So the pool table that you're talking about, do you make it yourself or? You can. You can make it okay. yourself. Usually wood and then they would put like those green kind of leather looking, not really leather. I don't know felt what kind of paper, material that maybe, is, but I, think. I felt that. Yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> paper. I don't know exactly okay. what, but <laughs> it's, it's one of those cheap. Uh, materials that you can substitute for a proper billiard table. Mm. And the mechanics usually are the same. Ah, sorry. In a regular billiard set, you would have numbers on your balls, right? Mm. But for pool, you just need one marble that's different from the rest. And that's Ah. your cue ball. And then the others are, you know, you need to put them in the hole. That's the kind of game. That's very creative, though. Mm. Because... It's probably not being sold as like that. That means some people actually built these tables themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's probably because billiard is quite a popular sport in the Philippines, oh, yeah. especially when Efren Bata Reyes got renowned internationally. He was winning championships after championships. And that guy, I really admire that guy. He's very humble. He's very, I don't know, if you look at him, right, mm. he's probably worth millions of dollars already because he won a lot of championships. But if you look at him, He's still the same person. Mm. You would expect him to be, you know, just uh, standby or, you know, by the street. <laughs> okay. And then maybe drinking with friends and then after drinking, you know, play billiards. Yeah, yeah. So he seems pretty down to earth. But the marble, the holen, mm. if you compare the, the holen in the pusit games or <laughs> Philippine squid games, <laughs> if you compare that with the squid game version, right? There's no skill required in the Korean version because yeah. you just need to guess how many... Like, sorry, I'm referring to the marble game that the, the protagonist and the tatang, the old man, played, wherein um, you would put a random number of marbles in your hand, show it to your opponent, and then make him guess how many marbles. Is it odd or even? It's not a skill. It's not really... No. It's yeah. kind of just a guessing game or luck. Or, or maybe it's luck. Maybe it is a skill. You can read your. <laughs> you can deduce. Are you like Sherlock Holmes? You can guess based on this mm. guy, the way his eye flicks or whatever, mm. then he probably had three. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. It's probably just a game <laughs> of luck. I guess it would be similar to another game that you mentioned that you like to play, right? The, the text or the card games, oh, yeah. right? So it's that's also a luck game right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes it's luck because so the, the game how, how the game is played is you have a playing card usually like a cartoon a power ranger x-men whatever game card that is mm. uh, and then you take one and then you take one from your opponent and then you would flick the cards using your thumb mm-hmm. until they fall to the ground mm. and then whosoever card is facing up wins yeah, so, so it is luck. There's a right? lot of factors yeah. like wind, uh, <laughs> force that you've. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, it it is sheer luck, or maybe you would blow. <laughs> is that allowed? I don't think so, right? <laughs> uh, no, no rules. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's yeah, it's a matter of luck. So I guess that's similar. So maybe you could even change the game then to. Instead, if it's like that, right, it's variety, it's up to the players to play whatever they want, then you could just give them, instead of 10 marbles, you could give them 10 cards, and then they decide mm. how to play it, right? They could do that thing mm. where you said you slap the cards against each other, or you're also you could do that thing, like, kind of, there was, uh, was it Super Trump? Did you play Super Trump? 
I, I don't. It probably is called a Bisaya version in Cebu. <laughs> in 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 Zamboanga, I I don't know why it's always the English equivalent. I don't know. Super <laughs> Trump. Okay. No, that, but the, it a was a specific pack of cards. But I think I could really apply to those X-Men cards you mentioned as well. I think we did that mm. with X-Men cards as well. Rain, for example, the two of us are playing, so we each pick a card from the top, right? And then mm. let let's say um, we decided I'll, I'll be the first to go. So I would choose an element in the card because usually the card would have like power, strength, flying mm. ability, something, right? It would have like, num- like for example, um, Storm is five, like one to five, she has five points in flying because she's, she can fly. But then yours would be Jubilee and she doesn't fly so obviously we'll only have one so I will choose right so I will choose okay flying ability and then I'll win and then I'll take your card because you lost that sort of thing but I wouldn't know mm-hmm. who your card is right so it could I be see, that I right see. they could play that also with the cards or the third one they could play is also maybe they, they what's pitik they flick the card you know and mm-hmm. raise the card or something mm-hmm. some kids just do that so yeah we could also do that in, in the <laughs> PSG or the Pusit games for some reason, <laughs> by the way, for non-Filipinos, Pusit is quid in Tagalog. Yes, Pusit games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Round five is a variation of one of the most popular children's games, and that is hopscotch. Mm-hmm. So in the original hopscotch, you jump from one square to another, avoid some of them along the way, and then make your way back. In Squid Game, however, there is quite literally no going back. Yeah. Players have to jump their way through a bridge that has two glass squares side by side. While one glass square is tempered and will hold up up to two players at a time, the square beside it is fragile and whoever jumps on it falls to their death. Yeah, and then they have to make a choice that they don't know which one is tempered or not. Mm. But in, in that game, you're the unluckiest if you are ahead. Yeah, if you're right? one. Because <laughs> you are the guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the last person, then you're fine because the others would have tried Mm-mm. crossing already, and you would know which ones are fragile, and because they would have broken if they've used the wrong one. Mm-hmm. But you have to memorize. Yeah, I would be terrible right? at this. I'm not really good at memory games, so <laughs> <laughs> you have to memorize. Otherwise, if you're the last person, and then there's still two tiles left then that means the person ahead of you guessed it correctly, right? So you have to remember which was which. Mm. Otherwise, even though you're the last person, you'll you'll die as well. And if you're the last person, you have to make sure that everybody does not waste time. Oh, yes. Because there's yeah. a time limit. Yeah, which is what happened there, right? Yeah. Again, the person who, the bad person in the marbles game, <laughs> he was also the one who like pushed because he knew that mm. there was a timer and, you know, because the person in front of him was taking too much time deliberating. Mm, yes. Yeah. So what is the equivalent of that in Philippines? Uh, hopscotch is actually very popular, not just in Korea, not just in Philippines, but all over the world. And usually there's a little bit variation mm. on the mechanics. Maybe the shape of the rectangle is different. Maybe it has wings. <laughs> I've seen on TV that there's there's that have wings, but for ours it's just rectangle, and then it's usually two one two one two. Yeah, I, I think. Forgot. But then the last 
part, right? I think seven and eight square. There would be like a mm. home base, which is like a ah, right. Yeah, remember, base, yeah. yes. So, so you needed to plant a home or something there. I can't. I can't remember mm. the the mechanics of that one, but yeah, something like that. So what I've read is the origins of this game probably are from romance or Tengtenerang Chinese. Okay. So maybe it's like, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of games that we got from the Chinese. Uh-huh, anyways, okay. The earliest record of this was in 1677. Wow. Okay. Mm, in poor Robin's Almanac with the name Scotch Hoppers. So probably they just jumbled the words. Yeah, Scotch Hoppers. Went with. Why wonder why. Mm. It's Scotch Hoppers. Like, I don't know why. Was Scotch involved, like the drink? But how? It's a kid's game. No, no, no. <laughs> probably a Scottish hopping ah. after drinking whiskey uses only one leg. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you you are supposed to just hop on one leg. Oh, if there's only one square, right? But for the ones in the Philippines, when it's like, you know, if there's two squares next to each other, then you need to put one foot on each, right? Mm, that's right. So in the Philippines, we call it pico. Mm-hmm. And it usually has a kind of a puck that mm. we use. and It's a stone though, right? Yeah, you can use a stone. Maybe a flat stone is better because if yeah. it's circular if it's round then if you throw it it will just move mm. so the goal is you have to be accurate when throwing the puck yes to the rectangle i think because each of the squares is numbered like one so if it's one if it's step one then you mm. have to throw it to one and then you can jump on yes. one so accuracy is key so instead of pebbles or stones you could also use probably a piece from a broken pot oh that's flat, yeah right? because that's flat yep yeah, I, I would remember. Mm. Yeah, I think we call it pamato. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, pamato. Yeah, so mm. and then you would usually, if you found like the perfect one, like you would polish it and hide it. And <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> so what was your perfect pamato? Yeah, it, it was a stone. So it was a flat, smooth stone. And then you, if you found mm. that, oh, this really works for me, then you would take care of it. Like probably put it in your pocket, make sure to <laughs> hide it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> If I remember correctly. <laughs> they take it home. Yes. Create a special repository, perhaps a bed for it. Maybe not a bed, that's too much. But yes, I would hide it, like polish it with my panyo or my handkerchief, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So the mechanics are about the same, right? So you throw the pamato to a marked area. As you've mentioned, mm. there are numbers to each stone. One, two, three, four, up to eight. And then you progressively would choose a marked area. You try to aim. And then it's usually played in groups, right? So maybe five players. Yeah, I think it's teams, probably. Ah, teams. Yeah, yeah. There seems to be a moment wherein you would throw Mm. the stone over your head behind you. And then you have to sit on the ground and try to look for it without seeing it. Do you remember that moment? There seems to be something like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Maybe when you're each eight. But I remember you would throw it like, what's that? You, you throw it from behind. Mm. And the problem is, especially if you're near a house, right? And you would hit probably a glass window. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Okay. I... Or you would hit a pot. Then, ooh, now the pot is broken and we can use the broken <laughs> pot as our pomato. Oh, my God. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, but yes, I remember that was a very 
common game that we used to play. And um, mm. unlike in the in the movies that I see that they usually draw the hopscotch with chalk on the sidewalk, I think for us mm. we would just use the pamato or some stones to draw mm. it on the ground. Right? It's usually yeah. the ground because I think people will scold you if you're drawing with chalk on the sidewalk. Okay? Why are you vandalizing? <laughs> <laughs> or probably probably because usually when we play these games, it's not usually in a pavement, yeah, right? No, in the, in yeah, no, yeah. It's usually on soil. Yes, exactly. And you can't use chalk on soil. So all you can do is, yeah, you're right, use the pamato to carve or to mm. slice the soil <laughs> into form. Yes, exactly. Mm. That's, that's what we did. Mm. If not the pamato, you could use maybe a stick or something. But yes, that's how we did it. And the final round is called the Squid Game. So that's where the title comes from. And it is apparently a popular child's game that, according to the main guy in the series, is one of the most violent games that Korean kids used to play. So the game is played by drawing a square, a triangle, and two circles on the ground and has two teams trying to invade each other's space. The tricky part is you cannot touch any lines and must hop on one foot on most areas. Of course, players will try their best to make you fall along the way. So maybe this is the violent part because you would try to get the other person to fall. Yeah. Right? There's a physical contact involved. Yeah. So I would think that the Philippine equivalent of this is called patintero, which is also mm. called harangang taga or tubigan. Now, I've never heard this harangang taga thing, so maybe it's a Luzon thing. But tubigan, mm. the reason why it's also called that is because tubigan means watery. <laughs> What's tubigan? And anyway, too big is water. So it's because you could sometimes use water to draw the, the yeah. playing field. Two teams play, an attack team and a defense team with five players for each team. Now, these five players can vary, obviously, if there's just six of you. Then, you know, just make sure it's an even number of players per team, right? So the attack team must try to run along the perpendicular lines from the home base to the back end and return without being tagged by the defense players. The members of the defense team are called it and must stand on the water lines with both feet each time they try to tag attacking players. The player the center line is called patotot. The perpendicular line in the middle allows the it designated on that line to intersect the lines occupied by the it that the parallel line intersects, thus increasing the chances of the runners to be trapped. So the patotot person, right? He needs to be the fast one, right? Because okay. <laughs> he needs to... That's a very funny name, patotot. <laughs> very funny name, yes. But he needs yeah. to be fast, right? Because he covers more area mm. compared to the normal person, right? So even if only one member of a group is tagged, the whole group becomes the it. That's why you have to strategize who is a good patotot, who is terrible. <laughs> so if you're terrible, then you should be the one maybe at the beginning because the one at the mm. end needs to be very good at making sure that they do not cross the last yes. part, right? Yeah, I think this would be a squid game. Uh, but I don't think it's that violent. No, it's not because you need to avoid getting tagged, right? It's the opposite. Oh, Whereas yeah. this one is <laughs> you need to kind of have physical contact. Yes. And even the defense people, right? They, to tag uh, mm. the other team, it doesn't need to be violent. You just need to, mm. even if it's a very, you know, you just hit them with your finger, that's enough for them to be mm. um, disqualified. So, yeah, I don't think it was that violent. But um, I think this is the closest thing to the Squid Game, right? Because of, um, you know, with the lines on the ground and all that. 
Yeah. Then players would usually take off their clothes, right? Because you can get tagged by touching your clothes. So if you have <laughs> maybe really baggy clothes or for some reason you're wearing a barong tagal. Why? So there are more. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> or if you have long hair, then you need oh, you to, have to tie it. Yeah. Tidy up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Otherwise, that will be your weak spot. The patotot will. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Look for that. <laughs> Now, obviously, in the series, it was just down to the two of them, right? Like, I think Batintero could also be played with two people. But how, though? I don't think it oh, could. Oh, no. Know. It's just a game of tag if it's two. <laughs> yeah, I think then maybe this is not the last game. If you could think of a game that would be, you know, a game that could be played with just two people. Anything of anything in, in Philippines? And... Jack and Poi. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck and Foy is um, rock, paper, scissors. But no, I think rock, that paper, is not scissors. dramatic enough, right? It needs to be something mm. that, you know, is not down to block or whatever. Maybe Sungka. Yeah, Sungka could be. But that's not really in the tenet of Squid Game, right? Oh, yeah. Because Squid Game needs to be physical. Well, yeah, I think it would really just be a game of it, like <laughs> Langit Lupa or <laughs> something. Mm. <laughs> If this were in the 60s or 70s, mm. and or not 60s, but... 16th century, it would have been a duel, right? <laughs> but they, but this is a childhood game, why? <laughs> <laughs> two honorable men. <laughs> Or how about Palo Sebo? So actually, Palo Sebo is not really a... It's not really like a neighborhood game. I would say it's something that's usually played in fiestas, town festival, right? So Palo Sebo... Or it's translated to greased bamboo pole climbing. So this game involves a greased bamboo pole that players attempt to climb. Those games mm. are usually played during, as I mentioned, town fiestas, particularly in the provinces. The objective of the participant is to be the first person to reach the prize, a small bag located at the top of the bamboo pole. The small bag usually contains money or toys. So I think this could be used, right? That means the prize money is at that bag at the top. Mm. And then they have to race, the two of them yeah. needs to race to the top. And then I think that would be dramatic. There would be like a scene of them slipping and someone <laughs> trying to punch the other person and all that. You know what I mean? Uh, biting right, and right. whatever. <laughs> Just so you could get the other person off the pole. So I think that could be the dramatic climax. Mm. And, and the problem with that game is I don't think it will be sanctioned by any sports authority because it's quite dangerous, right? Especially if it's a very tall <laughs> uh, bamboo pole. Uh -huh. right? And then there are no safety nets. You're not attached to a harness. If you fall, you will really fall. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, they're killing the people in oh, this true. game. So what's stopping them? <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> So I think that should be fine for the purpose of the Philippine uh, squid game. That means it's not Philippine squid game anymore, right? Because it is not a squid game. So it should be Palo Sebo or something. Mm. That should be the title of the game. Palo Sebo. But why is it called Palo Sebo? Now that I think about it. Sebo as in the Greece. Palo is what? Palo as in what? Is it the bamboo pole? Is that what Palo means? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, because palo also means spank. So that's why it's confusing to me. So maybe palo in this sense actually is the stick that is being used to spank <laughs> the kids, right? That's why it's called. I see, I see. <laughs> 
So the pamalo is coming from the bamboo. Uh-huh. So it's palo. Which is used in the palo sebo. Mm. Sebo means grease and that is why it's called palo sebo. You know sebo. what? You could be right. Mm-hmm. You could be right. Because even the sipa and the sipa is used in the same context, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> yes. To close this, my question for you is, do you think Squid Game or Palo Cebo, whatever, can happen in the Philippines? Yeah, in Cebu, yes. Palo, no, no. What? Because <laughs> so it's Palo Cebo, Palo Cebu, Cebu. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, to, to clarify that, you know, that setup we're in. People who are in debt, they would be invited to play a deadly game. And then they would win, like, millions of pesos. Do you think people will join that game? I think so, especially in the Philippines right now where th- there are a lot of marginalized people, right? Really, mm. I would say desperate to get a hold of cash, not necessarily because they're responsible people. They want to repay their loans and start a new life, but probably because they're in too deep. Maybe they have a vice, they have a problem, a gambling problem maybe. So I would really think that the scenario maybe not to that extreme yeah, but at least not, yeah. you can really see desperation in people and trying to do anything even if it takes maybe their dignity mm. maybe embarrass themselves just so they can you know have a hold of cash and we already have maybe mentioned this in our previous episodes well there's a show called wow wow we yeah wherein there's this host uh, wheelie and he would make fun of the contestants he would you know, design games that would, I don't know, especially during the pre-game interview session, right? Mm-hmm. And then he would ask, I don't know, embarrassing questions. Oh, if you answer or if you do this, I'd give you more money, something like that. Yeah, true. And then people would do it. People would do it yeah. in the name of cash. And also people have literally died for Wawawi, right? They were involved mm. in a stampede. Ah, so yes, yeah. yeah, so in mm. that case, yes, Wawawi is a perfect example. People have literally died in order to win mm. money. So it's not those mm. games, but, you know, they were trying to win money. So in that context, yes, it could definitely work in the Philippine setting. And, you know, if they had created this in the Philippine setup, it would be mm. kind of believable. It would work. Isn't it the same concept as Big Brother? Because you would humiliate yourself. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, you're right. The Big Brother would tell you to do anything. And for you, you're in it partly because of fame, because it's televised. And so you're hoping that after the show, you would have more shows. But people are usually in it because of the pot money at the end. Right? Oh, right? yeah, you're right. That is a one, good example. One million pesos. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely not want to go into the Big Brother house and have my whole life televised, right? Because like privacy, mm. man. But people do it for the fame and for mm. money. Yes, you're right. People would do it, and you're right. So then, there you go. That is a perfect example mm. of what people are willing to do. Yeah. Okay, so guys, let us know if Squid Game was set in the Philippines. What games do you think would be featured? DM us your answers on Instagram at Podcast or email us at bananacupodcast at gmail.com. And we will feature your comments on the next... Cutie Minute. It's time minute. for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it... Cutie Minute. So, all these comments are for episode 74, Online Dating Perks and Pitfalls. So, our first cutie is Roxy Ray, and she said, OMG, 
Why I never thought of free dinners when I was younger? Probably thinking too much about falling in love, lol. Love the honesty of the guests. Online dating turned horror for me after living with him for 6 years. So what I did was find my serendipity man I met in Singapore almost 10 years ago and found him on LinkedIn. Now we're happily living together in Australia. Okay, that's actually cute. LinkedIn is also <laughs> yes. online, but it's not an online dating site, right? It's for professionals. Still online, but, but I'm glad to know that she did eventually find someone because this horror story <laughs> sounds horrible, <laughs> right? <laughs> the next one is from the Pariah Peaks. Ooh. Just listen to this. I enjoyed the episode because it's such a down-to-earth explanation of dating slash meeting people in our generation. Clap, clap. Well done. Clap, clap. The Pariah Peaks. Thank you very much. And thanks for the clap, clap. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And the next one is Ken Marcoser. And he said, There are some good films about online dating on Netflix. One, The Tinder Swindler. And two, Love Hard. So Vactal has seen this both. Tinder Swindler is recent and it's a documentary. So it's based on real mm-hmm. life. And yeah, it's it's really horrible because this guy actually scammed women into taking out loans of like hundreds of thousands of dollars. What? Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say it because people might want to watch this and already given out the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yes, but guys, if you haven't seen it you should watch it it's actually an interesting if not infuriating show and the other one love heart is it's also kind of a tinder thing but it's not a documentary it's a rom-com actually our last cutie is tablieren movement from emily this episode was on point as a french person i can say that what frank said about tinder was very accurate I wish the best to Frank and Crane. I am happy to hear their beautiful story. I think that online dating, at least in France, is indeed more accepted and common now, especially among young people. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. Because, I mean, we are increasingly in an online world, so I don't think there should Mm. be a taboo already at this point in time. Yeah, especially with the pandemic, right? So they were right about the pandemic. Not really as a change agent, but it was an accelerant, right? We are heading towards online. It's just that we've reached that point faster because of the pandemic. And here we are. What other chances (laughs) do we have in meeting people if we are stuck at home, right? Yes. There are pitfalls. There are dangers. We just need to be aware of them Mm. and ensure that we put safety nets and safeguards against what could happen like in the Tinder swindler that you've mentioned? Yeah, I think the moment that money is involved. Mm. Ask for guarantees. If you're rich and you need loan, then give me collateral. Like banks usually ask for collateral. Mm. Why shouldn't you? Especially if money is involved, I usually do double and triple check. Yeah, and if you're supposed to be rich... Sell a watch or something, right? And ask money from your father. Mm. Why me? You've met me for a few months. Mm-mm. All right. So thank you very much to those who commented. Thank you. And see you again next week. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs>